Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to Unruffled ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. There's nothing like being totally engrossed in a good mystery or thriller. Audible has thousands of immersive audiobook titles to spark your imagination and get your heart thumping. Since it's summer, you might want to check out The Vacation Rental. Very well told and very unsettling. You won't want to turn it off. And since this is a parenting podcast, I should also mention that audiobooks are a wonderfully enriching experience for children because they aren't passive entertainment like other kids' media. They engage your child's imagination and can nurture both listening and language skills. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. That's audible.com slash unruffled or text unruffled to 500-500 today. You can count on T-Mobile to help keep you connected. After investing billions to light up their network from big cities to small towns, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, when you switch to T-Mobile, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus Verizon and AT&T. Visit your neighborhood store or tmobile.com to switch. Plan savings with T-Mobile, third line free on essentials via monthly bill credits versus comparable available plans. Plan features may vary. Credits stop if you cancel or change plans. Hi, this is Janet Lansbury. Welcome to Unruffled. Today I'm responding to an email from an overwhelmed mom with twin three-year-olds and a newborn. Her twins are acting out and screaming and she feels at the end of her rope. She's looking for some help. Okay, here's the note I received. Hi, Janet. I'm writing because I'm really at the end of the road here. To give a brief background, my husband is in the army and gone a lot. Within the past two years, my three-year-old twins have dealt with me getting pregnant and being in the hospital, so they had to live with my mom for a month, then come home to their dad deployed and me sick. Then they got a new brother, and their dad came home. Once this happened, my daughter twins started acting out more and more each day, to the point where she's screaming from the minute she wakes up to the minute she goes to bed. No matter how hard I try to calm her down, she will just yell and scream at me. It's so extreme that I spend most of my day crying because I don't know what to do, and then I end up yelling back. Meanwhile, her twin brother will not listen. He's always telling me no and doing things he knows he's not supposed to be doing. He looks me right in the face as he's doing them, which is infuriating. I don't know how to fix this behavior and feel like I've ruined them somehow. I listen to your podcast, but it doesn't seem like any of the children you speak about are on this level. Please help. Okay, so first of all, my heart goes out to this mother. It sounds like she's been dealing with so much. And wow, yeah, that's a lot of transition for this family a lot of difficulty, and that's going to take its toll on everyone, the parents and the children. I wish there was an answer to alleviating all these issues. Of course, there isn't. But I do believe that there are some shifts in perspective that this parent can make that will ease her load quite a bit and will certainly help her children to feel calmer and therefore not displaying so much challenging behavior. 
And it's interesting that this mother says, it doesn't seem like any of the children you speak about are on this level. Well, many of them may not be on this exact level, having dealt with all the situations that these children have, having their mom gone for a month, having their father gone quite a bit, having their mother be ill, and then the new brother. So this is a heavy load for all of them. But what these children are doing, the way that they are processing their feelings around these situations is exactly what I talk about in almost every podcast. And most of the parents that I work with, their situations and their issues can all boil down to understanding the way that children deal with these different transitions and stress factors. The three-year-old twins in this family are displaying perfectly the two ways that children process their feelings. One is what this daughter's doing. She says that she's acting out more and more each day too. She says she's screaming from the minute she wakes up to the minute she goes to bed. So she's releasing those feelings out there. And the son, she says, he will not listen. He's always telling me no, doing things he knows he's not supposed to be doing, and he looks her right in the face when he's doing them, which is infuriating. So he's displaying a slightly more shelled version of the emotional processing that's going on. And that's the other common way that children will show us they are uncomfortable. It comes out through behavior that can seem very intentional. It can seem very mean, as if it's towards us. But it is not. It is them holding on to feelings and impulsively lashing out physically or being resistant. So I would love to help this parent move towards seeing this whole situation and her role in it very differently from the way she's seeing it now. In regard to her daughter, she says, my daughter twins started acting out more and more each day to the point where she's screaming from the minute she wakes up to the minute she goes to bed. No matter how hard I try to calm her down, she will just yell and scream at me. Many of us, I would say most of us, have the instinct to respond to our children's displays of emotion by trying to calm them down. But calming a child down is usually impossible and it's not healthy. So this is a fruitless pursuit that this mother's taken on that will naturally lead her to feel worse and worse. She feels responsible for her children's feelings, that it's her job to, to change them. And that is not our job. It can't be our job. What we have to understand is that the screams and the acting out are not at us. It is about the way that child is feeling. It belongs to that child. It is not our responsibility to calm down or to fix. That's not our role. Young people and these children are only three years on the planet. They have no idea why they're acting that way, and they can't stop themselves. They're letting go of these feelings that maybe they held on to when they were with the grandmother for a month. And now they feel safe because loved ones are there. They're feeling safe to release the uncomfortable feelings. This often happens when families do something that's completely positive, like taking a vacation or 
having family around for the holidays. Schedules are disrupted. There's change. Oftentimes, children will rise to those occasions and be okay on those trips, but then they come back home, back to their environment, and suddenly their behavior is challenging, they're resisting, they're pushing limits. That's how they rebalance themselves. It's the healthiest thing, and yet it's very hard for us as parents to remember that this is happening and that it's okay and that it's not this terrible sign that we're failing and that we should feel badly because our children are upset. It's our fault or that it's directed towards us. So how do we make these challenging shifts in the way that we perceive our children's feelings and behavior? I can say that all the years I've been working on this, and that's 26, I still struggle with wanting to fix my children's behavior, wanting them to feel only good all the time not wanting them to feel disappointed or angry or sad or scared. It's a positive, loving feeling that we have for our children, but it can get in our way and their way when we follow that impulse. And to oversimplify this completely, that feeling of responsibility towards another's feelings can be a cycle that gets passed down. Because when we displayed these behaviors When we screamed and yelled and had a meltdown, acted out, our parents might have gotten angry with us, or they might have gotten sad. So we got the message that we're going to be rejected if we don't keep those adults okay. We can't get them mad at us or disappointed. Again, that's an oversimplification that we can pass down to our own children by taking their feelings and their behavior personally. Parents will often ask me, well, isn't it okay for me to be angry? I should be able to be authentic with my feelings too. Can't just be about my children. And my response is, yes, of course it's okay that you feel angry, but it's not going to be helpful to you in helping your children with their behavior. It's not going to help you make the changes that you want to make, especially if we get angry without repairing afterwards. We're all going to lose our temper. I've lost my temper plenty of times over the years. Remembering to acknowledge, make amends, repair, just a simple, ah, I'm so sorry. I lost my temper. This, this, and this happened, and it just put me over the edge, and I'm very tired, or whatever. If we don't do that, then children can start to feel responsible for our feelings, which is uncomfortable because they really can't control theirs yet. And so to make that shift requires a lot of thought and visualization, practice seeing our children in these situations when they're pushing limits, when they're screaming, to see that as positive. Obviously, we have to hold the limits for our children, but what they're doing makes sense. And they need that acceptance for the feelings behind the behavior. With the screaming, that's a little more clear cut. It's not the feelings behind the behavior. It's just the screaming. Let them scream. It's positive. This is something that's going to help them. It's not about us. It's about them getting to move through that and feel better. So welcome that if possible and practice visualizing that differently. And then with the behavior, we do need to hold those boundaries. And often that means understanding that 
our children are in a kind of emotional crisis place, or they do have reasons to be uncomfortable, they're showing us that they are. And so we're ready. We're ready in those transitions, knowing that those are the hardest times for children. We're ready to help escort our child out before we stand across the room and tell them they need to go or they need to come. We go over there, we take their hand, we put our arm around them, we help them move from point A to point B. We don't give a bunch of choices at those times. And we stop something before it goes off the rails because we ideally start to see it coming. And instead of being afraid of that, we embrace it. Okay, I'm going to hold these limits so that my child can release the feeling, can release the screams. I don't consider screaming limit pushing. That's a very cathartic display of emotion. But with her son, this mother says he looks me right in the face when he's doing it. It seems so intentional and mature and mean when children do that. But really, that's a very defensive posture. And behind that is scared, sad, upset, waving a flag, help, stop me. Don't take me personally. Just stop me. And if I end up screaming about that, please let me do it and understand that's what needs to happen. That's what's underneath this. That's what's behind this behavior. It's not a mature, mean guy back here. It's a little baby that's totally overwhelmed and got caught up wearing this mask of being a resistant, mean guy. We have to learn to see beyond as parents. And then where this mother is seeing all this failure on her part and beating herself up, I feel for her because I really do know what that's like. I think we can all relate to that, how defeating it is. We're trying to put out a fire. We're trying to calm our daughter down. And then there's another spot fire over there and over there. And then our son, it seems like he's at us. He's being unkind. So we feel kind of victimized by him. We just bury ourselves with all of this responsibility. And it doesn't work for us and it doesn't work for our children. But we can do this hard, challenging work of changing a cycle. But it's not instinctive because most of us were not raised to feel accepted for our feelings and the behaviors that we had when we acted out our feelings impulsively. And we won't do it perfectly. We won't turn on a dime and get it right the first time. It's a lifetime work in progress for me and for many of us. So the way that can look in terms of specifics with her daughter she says, no matter how hard I try to calm her down. So instead, whoa, that makes you want to scream. Yeah. And the way I'm looking at her is accepting, even maybe empathizing if that's possible. But accepting is the more important one for us to work on. When we get more comfortable, we might get to empathizing. Breathing, taking care of myself, letting go of that these aren't my feelings they're her feelings, they're not directed at me, they're being shared with me is all, and accepting her for sharing them is going to heal this situation. And on top of that, help my children build resiliency for life. It's something really important that we can do if we're willing to do the work. So I don't know what the screaming and carrying on looks like, but keeping her safe, obviously we don't let her run out into the street, 
So we're going to keep her safe and contain her behavior in that way, but we're actually wanting her to share with us. And with her son, always telling her no, I would accept that no while you demonstrating yes. If you say it's time to come in the house and he says no, you're going to enter his space, put your arm around him. You're saying no, but it's really time and move him like a mama bear. Understanding, again, that's a transition and he needs you to come into this with confident momentum and it'll be easier for you because you won't start this power struggle where he's saying no and you're over here saying yes. The same with if he's using things that are inappropriate or he's using them unsafely. I have to take that right away. Don't wait and say, stop doing that. Don't do that. Don't try to talk him out of his behavior. He can't stop that way. When children are in those resistant places and those defiant places, they can't get their way out of them through us demanding that or asking that. They need us to actually physically get them out of that situation, whether that means putting something away, moving him. So I would see again there your job as accepting. You feel like throwing this, you feel like staying out there, but I'm going to move you in. And that really doesn't even need to be said through words. It's about the way we go over to him, the way we look in his eyes with some understanding that he's gone there, he's gone to the dark side, and we see that's about him again and not us. And we're going to help him to safety. And that means safety in terms of he's in our stuff and we don't want him in our stuff or we don't want him touching this or that. It's not just physical safety. It's safety from doing things that are going to bother us and make us feel victimized. We are physically going to stop him right away, setting limits early and physically following through. That means we're not going to be repeating ourselves because repeating ourselves is me standing over here saying, do this or stop doing that. That's not going to work. We're going to go over and help it to happen. And yeah, that may seem like more work, but it will be easier because we won't be wasting our energy and our words on pushing our children into a power struggle, actually further away from us. So being more on this, it's actually quite strict what I'm proposing, not strict with a mean expression or a stern voice, but in terms of I'm going to close the gaps, get on things early, not leave a lot of wiggle room. And that's important to do when children are in these difficult places emotionally, like in this situation. They've had all these transitions, and now they've got a new sibling. I mean, that alone can put children over the edge. That's a huge deal, even without the other separations and everything. So this is a time of life where we might think, oh, we'll just let it go because of all they're dealing with. And what actually helps children is the opposite. It helps for them to be nested in a little tighter in terms of us being on these things, coming in with confident momentum to help them through, not opening up those gaps where they struggle and get stuck doing things that upset us. This isn't a time to let behavior pushing slide, except in the ways that we have no control over. The words they say, the way that they scream, or wine, those are all emotional expressions. 
It's going to help us if we can allow them and accept them. It's going to help us because our child won't be needing to hold them in, then keep trying to express them. They will be able to release them and move on. The more we can accept. So again, this isn't going to be a perfect process, but it's okay. We just get back on track the next time and try again. We're going to get a lot of chances with three-year-olds in a situation like this. So in short, what I see here is this mom is misunderstanding her role and the separation between her and her children's feelings and behaviors. These aren't a personal attack. They're actually just part of healthy, immature processing. I hope some of that helps. Please check out some of the other podcasts on my website, janetlansbury.com. They're all indexed by subject and category, so you should be able to find whatever topic you might be interested in. And both of my books are available on audio, Elevating Child Care and No Bad Kids, Toddler Discipline Without Shame. You can get them for free from Audible by following the link in the liner notes of this podcast. Or you can go to the books section of my website. You can also get them in paperback at Amazon and in ebook at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Apple.com. Thanks for listening. We can do this. If you like Unruffled, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey.